This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Flat Out Farno, you're Laddie H, host of Flat Out Pride on your Free FM dial. If you're a Waikato local with an idea for your own show, Free FM would love to hear from you. Check out our website, freefm.org.nz, or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. You know, sometimes you think you have your entire identity figured out. Um, and then a bus just comes along and wrecks that entire thing and suddenly now you're questioning another part of your identity. Spicy times. My name is Alex Willis-Payne. I use they, them pronouns and this is Stride with Pride. Hello everyone and welcome back to Stride with Pride. I hope you've had a great week or however long it's been since you last listened to the last episode. I have uh, yeah, come into a bit of a conundrum recently. Um, <laughs> so uh, yeah, no, here I was um, thinking that I had my entire identity completely figured out. I was comfortable just being non-binary and just queer as a general label for my sexuality and romantic orientation um and uh then I sort of basically I've started questioning my romantic orientation and that I might be aerospec a romantic spectrum um yeah so I thought I'd just do an episode sort of talking about the questioning process, my questioning process, um, as well as some sort of tips for when you're questioning, because I've sort of, I guess I'd sort of forgotten what it feels like to be questioning your identity. Like I'd taken for granted that I knew who I was to this broad level and that I couldn't be bothered figuring it out more than that because I didn't feel like I needed to. I sort of took that for granted and I... Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, being back in this process is an interesting time. Um, (laughs) but basically I had sort of started thinking about how I view the concept of love. Um, very sort of metaphysical topic. Um, (laughs) is metaphysical the right word? I'm not sure. doesn't matter. But sort of the way that I view love is sort of like it's, the feeling of being with someone, romantically or queer platonically, feels the same to me. And I know in my head that there are differences between queer platonic relationships and romantic relationships. Like, there is a different vibe and there are differences between them. And the ways that you build them together and the assumptions that come with them or that don't come with them in terms of queer platonic relationship. But it's has been a concept that's been sort of thrown around in my head and I (laughs) we've mentioned it before in this show but talked to my good old pal Elliot who uh we've uh our friend group has sort of (laughs) decided as the (laughs) the one who diagnoses you with being something within the queer community you talk to them about it and they're like well you're this um which is useful um (laughs) but I talked to them about it and sort of explained that I 
don't feel like I know the difference in terms of the love. Like I feel like I fe- maybe feel butterflies attraction sometimes, but I also know that squishes are a thing. So that's sort of a queer platonic crush. And I know that I feel that, but I sort of the distinguishing what romantic attraction actually is. And I tried to get an LO person to explain it to me, and it was sort of like romantic love is just a deep feeling of personal closeness with someone that you want to be near someone and you want to help them through things and be with them because they just give you a deep sense of warmth and happiness um, and it's just someone that you want to be with. But for me, I feel that in queer platonic relationships too. Like it's the same feeling and I think I figured out that I label the feeling I have of love as either romantic or queer platonic, based on what the other person is wanting me to label it as. But I don't know. (laughs) That's sort of an idea that I had. I'm not entirely sure if that is. And this episode will be a bit all over the place. Um, But, yeah, no, I mean, that is what the questioning process is, right? Like, it's coming up with ideas, seeing how they feel, and fitting them in with your identity and then seeing if they feel like they fit or not. And I'm still trying to figure this out. I only really started thinking about it not even a week ago, to be honest. It, and it's, it's sort of frustrating because not knowing something, for me, not knowing something is a really annoying thing. Like I'm someone who loves learning. I'm very curious about everything. (laughs) And it's just like I have this need to know for this. Like, if you are questioning, you absolutely do not need to come up with a label straight away. Labels are there to help you if you want them, and they can be useful for figuring your identity out, but you do not need a label if you do not want to have one. I mean, that's why I choose the broadest labels, because... I can't be bothered with specific labels, but in terms of this, it was, it's sort of trying to figure out who I am and how I see myself, and so I feel like it sort of does matter for this, because I know, I know that I am allosexual, I know that, I know that I experience sexual attraction, but I don't think I've properly thought about romantic orientation in terms of level of it. Like, I, I've i thought about it in terms of who, um, and so whatever label I choose would be in combination with queer, because, see, it's, it's really hard, because I, I don't know if I have felt it before, have felt romantic attraction before, or if I have just been feeling queer platonic attraction and not knowing it and thinking that it is romantic because of normativity, so the idea that romance is a natural thing and is the default and wanted by everyone. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. It's really hard. And 
it's complex and something that is going to take a lot of thinking about. Because I don't, like, I kept saying as me and Elliot were talking about this, like, I don't, I don't think that I'm Arrow or like completely Arrow. And, but then like using that as a broad label might feel right. But I also, the thing is though, like I, a lot of Arrow culture or at least the memes that I've seen um, when I was like sort of looking at it is like not wanting or needing to have a partner and being like, oh, romance, we don't care about that, like, which is totally valid. Um, but it, it's very much like, who needs a partner? You have friends. Um, but, like, I... Like, like that's... Um, it, it's sort of like being um, being sex repulsed for asexuality. Um, so it's like being romance repulsed and, like, not wanting to do anything to do with that. But it, it's like... For me, I like having a partner. I like having that experience, but like in a queer platonic way. But I don't know if I could only have queer platonic relationships now that I've thought about this. And obviously it's something that is going to come with time and a lot of thought. And it's really confusing. Um, but yeah, like it's something I want to figure out. When you're questioning, it's not something... It takes up a big part of your mind, you know? Like, trying to figure out who you are. It's such a complex process. And it takes up a lot of brain power. And you have to really think back to your entire life and see... I don't want to say signs, but, like, figuring out if things in the past were actually romantic things in terms of this or if that's what society made you me think and uh, I don't like it it makes me upset to spaghetti <laughs> but yeah so Elliot uh, when I was sort of talking about like not really understanding the differences between that was like, oh, so do you experience alterus? I think it's alterus attraction, which is sort of like quirpatonic attraction, which is what squishes are. Um, and I was like, well, I'm not entirely sure. I would just sort of class it as emotional attraction, you know, being emotionally drawn to someone. And I also talked about like how in my head, like the only differences between quirpatonic and romantic and platonic relationships is what you do with them and what you want to do with them like the base feeling of love and care for the person is still the same but I was thinking about that and I don't know if that's just a philosophy that I have on love or if that means that I am some sort of arrow spec <laughs> and like it's obviously like there are differences between platonic and queer platonic relationships like it's what you do with them and what you want to do with them like I'm not going to kiss one of my definitely platonic friends you know like ugh. but like the base feeling of care and fondness for that person is the same and it's it's complicated <laughs> it's complicated man but yeah because I couldn't quite define what romantic attraction was um 
and Elliot said that um, <laughs> people who experience it sort of just know what it is. Um, it they were like, well, that sounds like a textbook case of being qua romantic. Um, so Q U O I romantic, um, which <laughs> I was reading the. Um, I don't want to say symptoms, but you know, you know, the list of things that um, you, the the quite romantic people would experience, and I um, felt very called out about that. <laughs> I'll read you some of the some of the s- symptoms, <laughs> the list of experiences here. So, being unsure if you experience romantic attraction or not. Yep. Um, Being unable to understand romantic attraction as a concept or feeling. Yeah, sort of. Um, And then there are some things, um, this is sort of an identity that can also be used to push back against a metanormativity. Um, So there's finding the concept of attraction to be inaccessible, inapplicable or nonsensical. Um, But then one one that really hit me was being unable to pin down a clear understanding of romantic attraction. So being unable to say whether or not you experience it. And having difficulty distinguishing romantic attraction from other types of attraction or being unable to distinguish them at all. And then (laughs) questioning romanticism for such a long time that questioning itself becomes the identity rather than a path forward to a more stable identity. And I think, I mean, I think it's kind of cool that uh, questioning identity can be an identity in and of itself. Like, we think of questioning as a sort of middle ground to knowing who you are and knowing your identity, but I think we forget sometimes that questioning in and of itself can be part of an identity, and we're so focused on the end product. Um, You have to know who you are and all that, but, like, sometimes it's okay to just be questioning and you can just label yourself as not something which I, it, it is what non-binary is you know it's like not the binary who knows what I am but I'm not that but yeah it's just see I, I thought that was a, a cool idea and then I started looking into it more and I was like am I arrow flux so that's you can be aromantic at some times and it will fluctuate and you can even be romantic at times and it goes along different paths and I think I found myself thinking about it in the way that it's like you have to be one or the other you can't experience anything in between and like I have to remind myself that it is a spectrum you know like there is a vast spectrum of not experiencing it to experiencing some fluctuating between there only experiencing it after a very close emotional connection. Um, there are so many different things and facets and part of this wonderful spectrum that, you know, you don't have to label yourself on it. And it's not just one or the other, you know? Like, there are <laughs> there are things that you can be and not have a label for it, and it can change. And there are labels that are open for change, you know? You don't have to be set in an identity. And if you are if you have an identity and you come up with a label that fits you and you feel great in that, that's awesome. But it's also, you, you're allowed to change your label, you know? You're allowed to, if you find something that fits you better or the label no longer suits you, you can 
change that, you know? And I I think that's something I definitely need to remember um, for this because it was something that was weighing down on me. And I guess, I guess that's why I like Aerospec because... I don't know. It, it's broad. It, like I said before, I like I choose the broadest labels, but it, it's still trying to figure out if things before were romantic or if I do experience it at all. Or because something I was worried about was like, do I? Is this what I experience, or is this just a enlightened view of love and relationships and stuff like that? Like I don't have the answers and I need to remember that that is okay and I'm allowed to not know things you know maybe I am just an aloe with a spicy philosophy but you know that that's okay you know like it's completely fine to be questioning and then come to the conclusion that you are what you thought you were before instead of something new. You know, it's part of humanity trying out all these new and different labels and it's completely fine if you come to the conclusion that you are what you were before. Questioning is... Like, I think I think it's something that everyone should do. Like, even cis people, especially cis people, I think confronting the normative natures of our society is really important and then questioning that in yourself. I I think it's really important because it brings empathy for the people who do not fit the normative ways of society, you know? Like I saw a TikTok the other day that was like, cis people who question their gender and then come to the conclusion that they are cis. It's not like something to be dismissed. It's like now you're doing your gender with purpose. You're doing it because you know you've questioned all these things, all these things, and you know that it is you and you're comfortable in that. But now you're doing gender with a purpose, and you're you've confronted all the gender roles and figured out what fits and what doesn't, and you're doing it with purpose now. And I think that's really cool. So questioning can just be an exercise in empathy, and. You know, if I do turn out to be a spicy aloe with a spicy philosophy, you know, that's completely fine. And I think we, as a society, and even as the queer community, should kind of normalize questioning and realizing that you are actually, yeah, you are cis or you are straight. Like, it's, it's, questioning is just something that I think needs to be normalized. And also having a really long period of questioning or even just, deciding or realizing that nothing quite fits so not putting a label on it and having questioning as your label you know like it doesn't always have to be a gateway to something that can just be your label you know okay so I asked some of you guys on my instagram at stride.with.pride for some of your tips for people who might be questioning their identity You guys said, you don't need to rush yourself to a conclusion. Take things at your own pace. There's no timeline on when you have to figure your identity out, you know? Like, you you take it at your own pace, and you figure things out at your own pace. No one is putting pressure on you to figure that out. 
And if they are, that's kind of like a thing they shouldn't do. <laughs> like tell them off for that. You take things how you want to take them, and if you're not ready for something, then don't do it. You know, take it, take it slowly, take it at your pace. Someone else says, do some solid research on identities and labels. And if you're not comfy with the labels, then that's completely fine. You know, there are lots of different micro labels for so many different experiences within whatever factor of your identity you're sort of trying to figure out. But you know, if you're not comfortable with those, that's completely fine. Someone else said, talk to someone who is that identity about it. It can be really useful to, like I did. It can be useful to talk to someone who is that identity and has that experience, so you can sort of compare and contrast, and they can give you their experience as well, and you can see if that lines up with your experiences. Someone else says, "Don't dwell on it too much. If you find a label and then you change it, that's okay. You don't have to stick to an identity once you've come out. You know, you can come out so many different times. You're not stuck with one label. And if you can't find a label, that's okay too. We all get caught up in." What we are, and it makes for so much unnecessary stress. So just go with the flow, and if something sticks, that's completely fine. And the last person says, "Don't be afraid to play around with labels. You can mix and match them, and you can have multiple at the same time, and change them around. Maybe one day something feels right, and then another day it's just completely not you. That is completely fine. Don't let anyone." Judge you for changing your label all the time. I've had some people do that before. It's real trash. Time to kick some butt when people do that. <laughs> I think most importantly, remember that it's completely up to you. You decide who you are and how you want to portray yourself and present yourself. And it can be really hard when you're questioning things because you want to know this thing about your identity, and it's important to you and understanding yourself. But make sure you're trying to figure it out for you, and not just trying to find a label so that you can tell other people what you are. Labels can be useful for expressing things about yourself in shorthand, but just remember that your number one is yourself, and whatever you end up identifying as. I'm glad that you went through this process and, you know, questioned this part of yourself because it's something that's really hard to do and it's sort of taboo in general normative society. So, you know, I I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you for doing it. Congratulations! Big claps. <laughs> this week's creator spotlight is someone called Jamie. Uh, he's a YouTuber. His YouTube name is Jamie Dodger, J A M M I D O D G E R, and he does a lot of wholesome posts. He's trans, and he makes a lot of videos about trans memes and trans culture, but also more serious things, talking about trans issues.、Um, he and his wife, I think they're married now, Shaba. She's Wonderful too. She you, you, she also has a YouTube channel, but they they made a really in depth response、um, refuting J.K. Rowling's you know trans letter from was that last year? Anyway, that whole cluster fluff,、um, refuting it with actual scientific evidence、um, point by point, and I think that was really good. But he has a lot of really wholesome posts. He's like he's he's 
he's our our dad. Like he's very he has very dad vibes, and it's just wholesome energy. And、uh, it's something that I really need sometimes. You know, just the wholesome vibes, and I really appreciate that he can fulfill that. <laughs> He and his wife are also studying for their PhD at the moment,、um, so they talk about that as well.、Um, and they've also had lots of interesting conversations with,、um, or you know, each other,、um, talking about interracial relationships because they're in an interracial relationship with each other. <laughs>、um, and they talk about all the really interesting cultural differences and how. You know, even today, it's been interesting interacting with that, and how her family、um, reacted to her being with Jamie, who is a trans man. And so they talk about different intersections of culture in that way,、um, and they also talk about different issues with you know trans transmedicalism,、um, as well as things to do with the medical system and how to change your name legally、um, in the UK. They live in the UK, so <laughs> they don't have advice on that. But, you know, I can. Help you guys out with that in one of my episodes, <laughs> but they just have a lot of really informative content as well as the really wholesome dad, like just looking at memes content, which is so sweet. It's just really wholesome, and I really love that. <laughs> but yeah, so check him out on YouTube. He is at Jamie Dodger, J A M M I D O D G E R. Um, and that's on YouTube. And Shaba, his wife, her one is just Shaba, so that's her name. So S H A A B A on YouTube. Check them out for some really wholesome content. But that is all for today's episode. I hope that you enjoyed my <laughs> little crisis.、Um, but you know, maybe it sparked some questions in you, or could help you out a little bit. I don't know.、Um, but You know, thought processes are an interesting thing, so I thought I would document it for, I, I guess myself, but also maybe it helps someone. Who knows? <laughs> um, but that is all for today's episode. I hope you have a fantastic day, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're listening to this, and you are an amazing and wonderful person. Don't forget to spread your joy. See you next time. Bye. For more episodes, use the AccessMedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices, or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand on air.